0: Hello ladies, welcome back to my podcast. I'm super excited about today's episode. We're gonna be talking about friendships, female friendships, and why, in my opinion, I do not think that it is helpful to most friendships to constantly be kind of trying to change the person, give them your feedback, tell them what they should do, tell them you think that you know something that they're doing is not in alignment with them, whatever it is. So I'm gonna be talking about that, basically why I don't think that it's helpful all of the time to be holding your friends accountable, which is something that I think is always pushed right now in our society, and I'm just not with it. So we're gonna talk about that, but before we even talk about that, I want to just say that I have five more openings in a group coaching program that I am running. You can go to my website. The link will be in the description, victorieduval.com. There is right on the main page a group coaching link. You can read all about it. It begins in October, but the spots are probably going to fill up completely within the next three to four days. It's already, um, I think, what is that, like 70% full, and it's only been 24 hours. So there's only a few more spots left, and it is my probably my last coaching offering, your last opportunity to work one-on-one with me If ever, if not ever, but at least for a very long time because I am transitioning out of that, but I really just feel called to have more one-on-one coaching and a group setting of girls. So We will be doing this group coaching program that is going to begin in October, but right now is the time to sign up for it. You can submit your payment for it online, and I'm getting all of my girls together in this month, June, and then we will start in October. So that is something to be aware of if you would like to do coaching with me, and the other thing is that if you would like to enter the giveaway, the giveaway at 500 reviews on Apple Podcasts, not specifically. Spotify because we're already over a thousand reviews on Spotify but on Apple Podcasts write a review for me for this podcast and you are entered into a giveaway for a free coaching session with me and the only thing you have to do is just write the review and then just send me a screenshot of it through Instagram so that I see it and I can add you to the list. All right. So with that said, let's just get into it. Let's just get into this podcast episode. Why I do not think that you should be holding your friends accountable. So kind of a unpopular opinion. Right. And I know that and I know that there's a lot of nuances in this conversation. So we're going to talk about that. I also want to just give you guys a little update, a quick update, because usually my updates are like five to 10 minutes long. but This is just going to be like two minutes long. I am writing my book and I'm super excited about it like I just am so 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 excited I feel like every day I'm just channeling the words that are coming through me from the divine I feel like I'm just in service and I'm just so excited to finish this book I do believe that I will be done by the end of the summer with this book that is with obviously the first draft and then I will start Editing and really getting serious about getting a book deal and a contract and my agent and everything like that. So, I am hoping that my book will be out within the next 12 months. And I do think that that is going to happen. But it is really up in the air. But the good thing is that I will be done, finished and you know, complete with the first draft for sure, I believe, with the rate that I'm doing right now of the amount of pages I'm writing and everything. I will be done by the end of the summer. And I'm writing around 10 pages a day, which is kind of crazy, but I'm averaging around 6 to 10 pages. And that is something that I'm able to kind of upholds because I really like writing. I've always been a writer and writing has always and English was always my best subject in school and I've actually found that this process has been super interesting because I thought I would only I wouldn't be able to write this much every day but when you're not writing about something that's like forced on you from you know a professor or a teacher or whatever and you're actually like writing about it because you're deeply passionate and you want to get it out to the world wow, it's actually a lot, just like it channels so much quicker. And yeah, so that's been really, really interesting. And I've just been watching myself, you know, really just write a lot. And I've only been writing for about like two hours a day. Yeah, about two hours a day I write. And then I find that after that, I just can't really do anymore. And the juice kind of stops flowing. But for about two hours, I just write straight. And I find that I'm just kind of like channeling it out and it doesn't really take me a long time like it would. I mean, it never really took me a long time to write. But in college, when I went to NYU, I would, you know, write. I would spend so much time in the library and I'd just be writing my papers and stuff. But it would still take me quite a while because at the end of the day, I did have to do it for an assignment and I wasn't 100000 percent just doing it from my own god you know driven service purpose mission dharma whatever like I wasn't just doing it because I deeply wanted to do it and even though I did like a lot of the things I was writing about so I don't know it's just a lot smoother writing this but I've been learning so much about just myself in this writing process it's only been a week or so of writing but one day I'll make a whole podcast about the writing process and what I've been doing but yeah so that is my little update is just you know, we're alive and well, we're good, and we're writing this book. So so yeah, so let's just get into this topic of holding friends accountable. So the biggest thing here that I think is super important to understand is that I am a firm believer that you should not be friends with somebody that is triggering you so often that you feel like you need to change them or hold them them accountable consistently. And I used to be in friendships where I had friends where they were good people and they were really, there was nothing wrong with them at all, but their choices consistently were very triggering for me. And I had to walk away from those friendships because I was somebody who could not handle someone consistently making choices that were just not in alignment with me or even that they were personal for their own life. Like, let's say with men or with this or that or whatever it was, they were making consistent choices. And I had multiple friends like this where their choices were just a turnoff for me almost like I was just like, uh. And it just wasn't something where I could actually show up as a good friend because I knew that I would be constantly trying to give my two cents, give them advice, hold them accountable, tell them this and that. And that's not appropriate in my opinion. So I don't believe that you should be friends with people or I hold this principle in my own life with people that I am not respecting their choices on a day-to-day basis or respecting, you know, how they're kind of carrying themselves in their lives and, even if I do respect their choices or whatnot, I also think that we should honor if we are triggered consistently by somebody. It doesn't necessarily mean that we should further that friendship and just learn to not be triggered. Sometimes we're triggered by someone consistently because they're bringing us back to an old version of ourselves, and we just don't like being around it. And I had friends like that where, you know, their choices were just so not my vibe and just so not what I was looking to create in my life and being around it consistently was triggering for me. And this was years ago when I was really starting out my new journey and coming home to myself. And I just was like, I'm not trying to build this type of energy in my life. And so, yeah, so that is a baseline that I believe in. So to understand what I'm saying, you already have to have that base understanding of like, hey, Victoria does not think that it's helpful to be friends with someone that you consistently feel triggered by or somebody that you consistently feel like you need to hold them accountable with their choices, right? Now, let's take a step further there where I I saw this TikTok the other day by this woman that I follow. Her name on TikTok, I believe, is the midlife muse. She's a woman in her mid, you know, ages. What is it that even called? Her it's called mid I don't know mid ages or something I'm blanking right now but a woman in her you know 50s or whatever and she is wonderful I absolutely love her content like she's just such a cool lady and with such wisdom and awesome you know perspectives and stuff and I just I love hearing what she has to say so I believe her name is the midlife muse I follow her And she is wonderful. And she was talking about this concept about how women don't want to be saved. They just want somebody, friends, who will go through the hard processes with them. And I had somebody who commented on that. And she was talking about the... Intersections with race in that conversation. So, we're going to get into that in a second, but I want to break down what she's talking about first and why I do agree with it. So, I'm going to talk about my own experience and a friend that I have. I've talked about her before on my podcast, but how important it was for me to have somebody who was not judging me through my phases, but was just holding my hand through them. And so, When I was, this was, you know, I've been friends with, I have, I've been blessed with a lot of long, actually not a lot, three, three, right? Three, yeah, three long-term friendships. So I have my two best friends from when I was like 11 years old and we've been best friends for, you know, over 10 years almost 15 years or 15 years now and and then I have my other best friend who I've been friends with for around seven years now and she is my best friend. I talk to her every single day and the three of them I talk to 24-7 and it's just a blessing to have friends that can see you through all of your different phases in life and that can grow with you and that Honor you and know you and know your most disempowered space and your most disempowered version of yourself, and they love you anyway. And yeah, it's just so wonderful to have those long term friendships. So I am blessed with that. So, with this long term friendship that I have with this girl who I love and adore it has been so, there's been so many learning experiences within our friendship. There's been so much that I've learned and so much I've learned about myself and so much we've both made mistakes with and so much I've made mistakes with. I've acted out in our friendship. I've made mistakes in our friendship. There's things I've had to apologize for deeply in our friendship and the two of us are just able to build this this deep and loving sisterhood together through these phases and get stronger over time. And there's other people that you might make mistakes or act out or have things that you need to apologize for and the friendship might need to end. And that's totally fine, too. I have friends that, you know, are not friends anymore, but that I... You know, there's things that happen between us and that was it, you know, that we didn't need to grow into the next season together. But there is something really beautiful about friendships that... You guys can both be, you know, super wacky together or have super disempowering, you know, versions of each other show up or disempowered versions of one another show up and that we can grow together and stay in that friendship. And that goes for relationships as well. There's relationships that you stay together through these different disempowering experiences and you build and you get stronger and that's what life is calling you to do. And there's other relationships where, once those experiences happen, it's time to separate and you use your own discernment and your own intuition. But one of the things that has been so incredibly helpful with, you know, in our friendship that I've learned and that I've been blessed with is that she and I have kind of come to this space where we don't give each other advice at all. And I you know ask her for advice sometimes I ask her you know what do you think about this or you know what, what do you think about that and then she'll give me her her two cents but we don't give each other advice and none of my friendships actually do they give me their feedback and I actually would not be comfortable with a friendship where she was giving me her two cents on my decisions or my you know mistakes or the choices that I'm making I would not be comfortable with that at all and the reason for that is, is because I trust myself a lot. I trust my life course a lot. I trust God's plan for my life a lot. But, you know, really, I do trust myself a lot and I trust my decisions and I trust, you know, my disempowered decisions. I trust those as well. I trust all of my decisions that I make I trust them. All of the decisions I've made, I trust them. They've all led me to the woman that I am. And I love the woman that I am. And although I wouldn't make certain decisions again, I trust that they were leading me deeper into understanding and wisdom and into the core of who I am. So I really do, you know, especially in the last four or five years, starting out with my celibacy journey and then, you know, growing in relationship and growing into myself, I really trust myself. And so for me, when I make a decision, when I make a choice, I don't care if it's a disempowering decision. I don't care what the choice is. I'm making it as a conscious individual choosing that. And for me, if I had a friend who was getting involved in that, saying, you know what, Noah, you shouldn't do that or getting bothered by me or triggered by me, that would be a red flag because you are not going to be able to walk through the seasons of my life with me and I don't need any friends like that. And so for me, I find that the women around me, you have to make sure that you can walk through the seasons of their life with them. And there's a lot of people that you can't do that with. And you have to be honest. Like I said, I had this friend years ago where her disempowering decisions or whatever were so triggering for me or they were just such a not a match with me that I could not walk through those seasons of her life with her. And I had to be honest that I cannot be a good friend here. I cannot walk through the seasons of your life with you. Your your decisions are your own. But I personally, I, I'm not a good fit for you. And you're not a good fit for me. And we have to be honest about that. But what we are looking for, we're looking for women that we can walk through those different seasons of one another's life with each other. And As I started healing codependency with my family and with my mother and with my dad and with my father and with the people around me in relationship, I started trusting their life's course. I started trusting their decisions, even if they were the worst decisions ever, right? And I talked about how this really started when my dad went to prison again how that really was a turning point for me where i was like i ha- i am being forced to heal every last bit of codependency with my family that is still here and when that happened i made so much peace with the people around around me their life their life course and their relationship with life and so we have to also be honest when we cannot be a part of that person's life's life's unfolding, right? So for example, with my father, I can't do that. I can't walk through those seasons with him. But I honor and respect his life, his life's, you know, his relationship to karma, his relationship to life, his relationship to himself, his relationship to his decisions, God's plan for his life and what he is here doing. I honor that and I respect it. And I honor it and respect it enough to know that I have to bow out. okay. I honored and respected my old friend, my ex-friend's life enough to know that I had to bow out. I, I can't walk through these seasons with you, but I honor your seasons and I'm not trying to change them. I'm not trying to change you. I'm not trying to tell you you should be something that I think you should be. Who am I? Who am I to tell you that you should be this or you should be that? I'm not in a position to tell you anything. You should be exactly where you are, but I actually have to know for myself that I can't walk through these seasons with you. And so we have to know that we have to use our discernment and understand the people who we can walk through their seasons of life and the people that we can't. And with that, though, there is a big learning curve because, you know, with my long-term friend that I was referencing before, who we've been best friends for like seven years Seven years now. has it been seven years? Yeah, since, yes, yeah, seven years. We've been best friends for seven years and it was not always like this. I remember I would get so triggered by her choices and she would get triggered by mine as well. And I would get so triggered by her choices, not in the way that I was like shaming her or anything, but in the way that I was trying to save her. I was trying to save her from her choices. No, don't do that. Do this. No, that's a bad decision. No, you're going to get hurt. No, this is going to happen. No, this isn't the right choice for you, blah, 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 right? I was so, oh my gosh, don't do that. You deserve this. You deserve, right? And she was doing the same thing for me, right? No, don't do this. Don't do that, right? Because we've known each other in the trenches. When we were in the trenches of... (laughs) of interacting. Right. Like when we were just when I say the trenches, I really mean our most disempowered versions of ourselves. We've walked through those versions with one another. Right. And loved one another through them. But, you know, in my embodiment at that time or her embodiment at that time, you know, that was a learning curve. And for somebody like me, where part of my dharma and part of my purpose is actually to refine people and to give my two cents, right? Like I'm doing right now. I'm giving you guys my two cents. (laughs) In my coaching, you know, with my coaching clients, I'm giving them my two cents. Like that's part of it. I had to learn because it was such a strong part of me. I had to learn where that was actually asking to come out. Where that part of me where there's a really strong part that says like, I want to lead and I want to, you know, allow, I want to give my feedback. I want to, you know, give this, I want to usher women into the next version of themselves. Like this is part, it feels like part of my soul's purpose, right? This is part of my Dharma. Where is that applicable, right? Okay. My podcast with people who actually pay me to have me do that. It's not me doing that without them asking me. They are literally coming to me to say, you are a professional here. I want you to do this for me. Like that is appropriate. But with my best friend, When she makes a personal decision in her life, that's not appropriate. Me to say, you know what? The reason you're doing that is because when you were a child, this happened. And with your mother, this happened. And when, you know, that's not appropriate. And it wouldn't be appropriate if she did that for me either. If I make a decision in my life, she needs to respect me enough or any any friend in my life needs to respect me enough to respect my life's course and my decisions and that my life is unfolding as it should for me. And my decisions are in alignment with my life's unfolding. And so that is extremely important for me in my life is to have people in my life that honor my choices and honor my life's unfolding because I honor my choices and I honor my life's unfolding. There's nothing that I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, whatever, I'm like ashamed of or something, my, my decisions that I make that I'm not 10 toes down on even if it's a decision that didn't lead me to the you know to the most empowered moment in that moment or the most highest the highest timeline in that in that expression I'm getting there you know I'm gonna get there or I'm always in that really in that space and so even if I step down and make these decisions there it's really all in alignment for me that's how I feel so if you are trying to change me or trying to hold me accountable or trying to tell me your two cents at the choices I'm making, I'm going to take that as disrespect. I'm going to take that as you don't actually respect me, you don't trust me, you don't trust my life's unfolding, and you don't trust that I am a child of God and that God is working their hands over my life. I'm going to take that as, whoa, this person's overstepping here. This person is... A little bit codependent here. This person doesn't truly honor me, because if they honored me, they'd honor my decisions, they'd honor my choices, and and they'd acknowledge if they can't, you know, listen to it. Let's say, let's say I make a super, which isn't really the case anymore, right? Years into this journey, but um, let's say I make a super disempowering decision or something. That is my decision, and if somebody feels like they can't hold space for that they need to be honest about that or I would need to be honest about that right because I've actually had that happen where a friend of mine makes a decision that's so you know hard to witness hard to love them through it's not hard to love them through but it's hard to love you and watch you in a hard situation that I've had to take a step back and say you know what I just I'm so I'm so overwhelmed right now. I'm so triggered right now by this choice. I love you so much. I honor your choices so much. But I need to just, I know that I can't show up right now. I can't, I can't be there right now for you. I need to just, you know, I'm, I'm going to project. I'm a little triggered. I need to just recenter, you know, let's talk about this tomorrow or let's talk about how we're going to talk about this situation in the future, right? And I've, I've had those things happen right? Or I, you know, whatever, whatever kind of occurs. But I, I, it's my perspective that the people around me or myself especially need to own our own feelings. Like, hey, I feel triggered. It's not you. You're not, your decision is your own and I honor that. But I'm feeling triggered by it. So I need to take some space. A lot of times what we say is your decision is triggering me therefore I'm going to try to change the decision you're making that's to me that's codependency to me that's disrespectful right as a sovereign human being as a woman who's deeply in her power who knows herself who trusts herself as a sovereign human being if I'm making a decision and you are trying to change it or trying to you know butt your head into that instead of just hold my hand through it that feels that doesn't feel right for me. And so for me, I feel very strongly about the, about the necessity for friendships where we can walk each other through seasons and hold each other's hand through our different seasons without trying to change the other person's experience and to also own if we cannot do that. Because that's very real. We sometimes cannot do that. Like I said with my father or with that ex-friend that I had or with other people in my life or even with the people in my life that I love that a certain decision might be very difficult for me. Maybe we can't, I can't do it in that situation or something. And so then we just, I'm honest or they're honest with me. Like, hey, I'm a little overwhelmed or hey, I need to end this friendship, whatever. But I am a very big proponent of being honest with yourself about the fact that it might actually be that I'm projecting or I'm triggered or this friendship isn't right for me. But if the friendship is right for me, I need to learn how to navigate my own emotions when they go through their own course of life. Because, girl, <laughs> women, we have like, our our worlds are so they're just, it's such a journey. Like womanhood in this patriarchal world, in this capitalistic world, in this world that doesn't really honor the feminine, like it is a journey returning home to yourself. Every woman, it's a journey. And that's just the truth. And so there's seasons. There's, you know, you take 10 steps forward and then you take 20 back. And and like, this is just how it works. There's a lot of just there's a, a path that's kind of continually unfolding for women and it's, you know, there can be real seasons of density for a lot of women and that is real. And so I also believe that there's such a healing aspect of learning within your friendships like you don't have to get rid of your friendship if they trigger you or some decision they're making is triggering you learning maybe you you, maybe you need to you need to use your own discernment but also if the friendship is one that can last the season you know, learning how to navigate your own emotions, your own boundaries, you know, expressing your truth to this What's so special about Hero Bread? Soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich. I really I really believe that. And so I really loved this TikTok that I saw of the the Midlife Muse where she was saying, you know, just women don't need other women to constantly be telling them what to do or shaming them or telling them their two cents or friends that are constantly trying to get them to do this and that. They need friends that can hold their hands through the fire. And I deeply believe in that. And You know, when I've been in periods where it's been very difficult for me, having friends that I can lean on that are not judging me and that are not trying to change me has been a game changer, has been, you know, so, so, so instrumental to my journey, having my long term friendships that I can say, hey, I'm struggling. Like, this is my reality right now. These are my choices. This is how I'm showing up. I am having a hard time. I am struggling and. I need you to hold my hand. I need you. I need a vent to you. I need to tell you what's real for me right now. I need to tell you what's on my heart. And I don't want you to change me. I don't want you to give me your two cents. I just want a shoulder to cry on. Like, girl, I need a shoulder to cry on here. And I'm then I'm going to go and continue on my journey and make my own decisions. And that's that. But I, I need that friendship in this moment where I can lean on you. And I think that it's really hard to navigate in our society because codependency is so, so, so real for so many of us. Codependency is like our baseline way of interacting. And that's just the reality in this society that we live in where we're just not empowered people. We're not raised to be empowered people. So the way that we interact with our parents, with our family, with our partners, with our friends, it's from a codependent nature. But learning how to heal that can be really empowering in your friendships. And so now, you know, if I I had a friend the other day, I was making friends with her and I was just telling her about, you know, some situations in my life and some things that were coming up. And she immediately started telling me, you know, like trying to trying to tell me what to do or trying to tell me this and that I was like "Ooh, I don't like that I don't like that you know that's that's not going to be a fit for me you know if I'm telling you about my my world or what's happening or what's happening with work right if I'm telling you you know this is you know and I I was telling her about about work or about um you know my what I was kind of doing and whatever and It wasn't like a oh my gosh girl like you know this is something I tried and whatever it was this you know you you know that well that wasn't really a good decision when you did this you should do this and this you know it was just coming from this space of trying to save me right and I was like whoa that's not me that's you like I don't (laughs) like I that's that's your thing like you being codependent right now that's not gonna that's not gonna work here I don't like that I don't. I don't tolerate really that in my friendships. I'm not interested in that. And so my friendships where I, you know, have women that are just like, whoa, that's really heavy or like, whoa, that's really real for you. You know, I'm sorry or I love you or whatever. Like that is what I need. And that's been a really long journey for me to really come To as well because that was really hard for me to give to people because I was such a saver because part of my life's purpose is being a liberator, but that can be really easily distorted into a saver. And the way that we end that energy dynamic from I'm trying to save this person because I am caught in codependency versus I'm liberating you while honoring your story and honoring where you are right now and knowing that your your story is divine and sacred and there's nothing that you could do wrong and nothing that I need to save you from. I'm just offering you what I know and I'm liberating you in the best way I can, but I'm completely unattached, unattached to the outcome. I'm going to offer you what I can, what you're asking me for, and I'm unattached to whether, you know, how that goes for you because that's your journey and your choices. And so those are two different energies. And so learning for myself how to navigate that as someone who was really conditioned into codependency with my family from a really young age, that was really difficult because I was super codependent with my family and then became super codependent with my partner starting at a really young age of 12, which I've talked about was my first long-term relationship for four years I was in a relationship from 12 to, to 16 that was a very long relationship very intense people really like tended to not understand how intense I like the, it was just like hard to understand like a 12 year old being in such an intense relationship but that was part of my my curriculum here was to get the a lot of these experiences so that I could speak on them and have wisdom on them at a pretty young age and liberate other women but learning how to end codependency in the way that I interact with service and with my friends and with my family and with others I think is so important and that also plays into the way that we serve you know as I was saying just just there with you know the way that I serve, being seeing that person as an equal seeing that person as somebody who is on their own sacred journeys not feeling pity not feeling you know oh my gosh I need to save you from this oh my gosh I'm so upset that you're in this space and oh my gosh I'm internalizing and whatever no that's not actually helpful and that's not actually service that's just furthering your own codependent patterns and furthering your own ego right when I can see somebody as my equal and see somebody who is a reflection of myself, and just understanding that we're exchanging in this in this exchange, and this is my part, I'm offering you this, and this is your part, and you know what you do with that is your own, and how you interact is your own, and I can honor your journey, I can honor your past. That's huge. That goes with service, with especially with when we're serving, you know, let's say um, groups that are really, really, uh, oppressed, you know, unhoused people, LGBTQ community, black people, um, you know, indigenous people, whatever, all of these different groups that are really deeply oppressed and harmed in our society, right? Black women specifically, um, Asian women are really, really, oppressed in our society, indigenous women, like all of these intersections are are real. And when we're serving, you know, for me, a lot of these lessons came with the unhoused because I've always had a very deep connection with unhoused people and always from a very young age began to just naturally start serving unhoused people. And When I began serving on house people at a young age, it was coming from the only space I knew how to give, which was from codependency and from ego. And that was all I knew how to do at 15, 16, 17. As I got older, I recognized that and refined the way that I served and learned how to serve from a space of genuine from a genuine God centered space, from a genuine heart centered space, from a genuine respect of that person's sovereignty and a genuine seeing of that person. When I respect you as an individual, when I respect your karma, when I respect your sovereignty, when I see you as a whole divine human being that is right where they're supposed to be, where I see you as a person who is right, you know, in their. Perfect alignment, even though I can't see it and they might not be able to see it. When I see them as a sovereign human being, I can actually serve them from a space of equality. Okay. That's a perfect segue into that intersection I talked about before, which was about race. Okay. So let's talk about that here. There's a shadow side to this, right? (laughs) Like there is with everything, there is a distortion here that can happen where. Let's let's do this dist- distorted aspect right here where I'm like, "Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm serving you. You're an equal to me. Right? Let's say I'm serving an unhoused person. I'm serving you. You're an equal. You're, you know, right where you should be. You're right, whatever. That can easily go into well, why why do we have to help unhoused people? Why why should housing be universal? Why should all these things? Because they're right where God put them. They're right where they should be. They're blah blah no. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about that in other intersections, right? So, uh, you know, why should I do this and that for black women? Why should I care about this? Uh, God put them in that body. I actually saw this. Actually, I saw some spiritual bypassing is what it's called. I saw that during a lot of the George Floyd protests that were starting up when that was really happening a few years ago. And I saw some spiritual bypassing that came up where people were saying, you know, you're in, you reincarnated into a black person's body and therefore, you know, you shouldn't complain about the situations that you're in because that's your karma. And that, okay. Blah, blah, blah. Well, we don't even need to go into that because it's too annoying. Um, that would be called spiritual bypassing and that's the distortion. So what we want to do is we want to hold this is the paradox. This is what we want to do. This is called being in a god consciousness. This is called being a god in a god-centered space, right? We hold their divinity and their sovereignty somebody's I'm not talking about black people here. I'm talking about just anybody who's in a disempowered position. Right, we hold their sovereignty. Let's talk about unhoused people because that's really what I've had a lot of, um, a lot of experience uh, where I've had the most experience serving on a uh, hands-on, really basis. Okay, so let's talk about unhoused people. So I hold your sovereignty. I see you as an equal. I see you as a divine child of God. I see you in your experience, in your karma, right? I don't try to change you. I'm not trying to save you. I just see you as an equal. I see you as a child of God that I am serving. I'm not pitying you. I'm not seeing you that I should save you. I'm not this and that. I see you right where you should, right? And I, I love you and I serve you because you are a reflection of me and you are me and you are God and you are worthy and you are divine and you are deserving, right? I see you as that. Now, at the same time, just because I am seeing you as that, let's say right where you should be because that's kind of hard to say, right? I also say I don't like what I am seeing here. I do not like that right now in this physical world that people can be unhoused. That doesn't seem moral or ethical or correct. There are a lot of things that are happening in our world that are... It's, too, it's really a lot to get into right now because it has to do with karma and then our karma and and whatnot. So I might not get into it. But it's our karma, how we respond to injustice, okay? So we don't just say, oh, well, injustice is there, so I'm going to just let it be and, um, you know, whatever. That is furthering actually your own karma because you are now getting trapped in the game because you are not able to hold the paradox. The paradox is you reincarnated within your own situation. Let's say myself, right? I had a pretty difficult situation and situations when I was younger, under the age of 10, um, with a lot of family dynamics that were happening. And I chose that my soul chose that. I chose to reincarnate into my mom, into my dad, into my, my father. I chose to car- reincarnate into my life situation, knowing that a lot of these things would happen. That was part of my soul curriculum, right? So that's real. Okay. So I hold that. I hold my sovereignty as a soul who chose that. Now in the physical, so I hold that paradox. That's one side. The other side is I also hold that in the physical, something shouldn't have happened because that's, that's how I respond to injustice is my own karma. And then I work to relieve suffering and injustice. That is my karma. Does that make sense? So I see somebody else's sovereign because that is seeing them in the light of God. And then at the same time, Acting in the light of God is also trying to relieve suffering to the best ability that you can without your ego, which means that you know that it's all divine, but your place within the suffering is to relieve suffering and that is your karma. So if you choose to be indifferent or you choose to add to it, let's just say indifference, That adds on to your karma because you are not trying to relieve suffering. You are not acting as an agent of God. You are not acting in service. So then that keeps you in your loop of karma. So how you respond to somebody else's situation and their karma determines how you are going to have karma added onto your plate or not. And karma is good and bad. So you have good karma and bad karma. And actually no karma is good or bad. It's just neutral but you can create more karma that's coming from a space of density and that's kind of furthering you from the light of God or you can create more karma that's lighter and bringing you closer to the light of God and the knowing of God okay so I'm just gonna say this one more time because I think I'm kind of explaining it in a in a little bit of a botched way okay so how I respond I, I can know that somebody's situation is divine and in its own karmic right while also working to relieve suffering because i do not stand or i do not believe in injustice and suffering and so the key the way that we want to act is to see somebody as sovereign and equal in their and you know not an equal but um sovereign and equanimous in their situation like it's neutral that's what i'm saying here it's a neutral in its in its godly state in it in that space of consciousness it is neutral whether i'm in this situation or that situation is neutral from a god-centered space but to hold the paradox we act from that we see actually we see from the space of neutrality we give and we serve from the space of neutrality of sovereignty and of love of god's love and then we act from the space of to relieve suffering and we act to relieve injustice and suffering okay so now let's bring that into what I remember this one woman was uh talking about in she commented at me on this tiktok and I said I would make a tiktok about it I told her I don't know who she was but she was a follower of mine and I had commented on that midlife muse TikTok. And I said, I love this because everybody was missing the point in the comments. And they were like, no, you know, you should not, you know, whatever. You should hold your friends accountable or you should not just watch people as they suffer or whatever. And that wasn't what she was saying. Um, everybody was missing the point. So I was like, I love this video. Everybody was missing the point. Right. So that's what I commented. And one of my followers on TikTok, maybe she listens to my podcast. Hey, girl, if you do. Um, I told you I would make a video about it, but I forgot or I got tired or something happened. I didn't make it, but I'm talking about it now. So let's talk about it. Um, she had commented and said, you know, that feels kind of like bypassing for black women in our struggles. Right. So what she the original woman had said was, you know, not trying to save your friends, but to walk with them through the fire. Right. So she with this other woman, this other black woman was bringing the nuance. She's saying, hey, you know. Black women are really suffering and we actually do need people to save us. Okay. And that's real. That's real. So what I'm advocating for here is holding that balance. Okay. And also doing that within a space of permission, desire from that other person to the other participant and of yourself not not trying to save from a codependent space okay so let's use again an unhoused person as a as an example here where let's say I offer an unhoused actually this has happened many times okay so let's just say this here so what this black woman who had commented at me was saying was like, hey, if you uh, equal, uh, equal situation or an analogy here would be like, if I see an unhoused unhouse person on the street, I don't want to just say, oh, you got it. You know, I walk with you. Yeah, you, you're you good. And just keep walking. That's not right. And I don't think that that's right either. What we want to do is we want to see that person in their divine light we want to see that person as an equal as a sovereign individual on their own journey they have their own relationship with life they have their own relationship with God that's got nothing to do with me I don't I can't judge their situation I can't say that it's wrong or right all that I can do is see them as an equal and serve from the best way that I know and also try to relieve suffering and injustice and and bring in systems and myself into alignment with systems that I believe in and I feel are right and moral and correct okay so in that moment, right, we don't want to say, oh, well, you know, you got it. Walk with you through the fire. Bye. You're good. What we want to do is we want to serve them from an equal, you know, from a equal space, seeing them as a sovereign individual. So I say, hey, do you want some food? Do you want some money? What do you need? Right now? I remember I just to give an example, when I was living in Miami, I had a woman, uh, she lived by she was unhoused she lived by my apartment her name was Lisa and I you know I would go down to her and I would give her money and I would give her food all the time and money and she had a dog so I would give her dog food and I would you know I loved her dog her dog's name was Tika she was a, a great lady a really pure spirit a really pure heart she must have been in her 60s and just a really nice person and you know I would always be driving by and I'd see her and I'd wave and I would I would go to work when I was in Miami so I would grab any cash I had and give it to her but I would stop and I would talk to her and I never saw her as somebody that needed saving or somebody that needed this and that or that needed me or that I was some savior for helping her I just saw her as an equal and I saw her as serving her was serving God serving her was just simply the right thing to do so but Understanding that she doesn't need saving doesn't mean that I don't serve her. It means that I honor her relationship to life and then I serve her from my own space of what I believe is right and moral and just to the best of my ability, right? Now, let's say that when I met her, she had said to me, You know, uh, which has happened, but not with her. You know, people, let's say in New York, this has happened multiple times in New York, where I have food on me and I'm walking home and um, I say, hey, you know, I have this extra food. I just grab this takeout. You know, you want half of it. I usually do that if I ever see an unhoused person. I did it in Portugal. If I'm walking home, I was in Portugal about six months ago and I had just come home from this bread bakery. If I have any food on me, I'll give half of whatever I have. To a person who's unhoused if I see them so I just bought in two loaves of bread and cookies so I was walking past somebody gave them my other loaf of bread and the cookies that I had right so in New York um there's been many times where I've had food I wanted to give the person half of whatever I had and they've said no I don't want it (laughs) get that away from me right I'm not interested okay when you are serving from a space of ego if you get bothered by that you know you're not actually serving you know that you're just serving your the only thing you're serving is your own ego (laughs) if you get bothered by somebody from their own sovereignty saying "Nah, i'm not i'm not interested i remember one time somebody said what is that i said oh it's this vegan you know pasta or something like that and they're like no i don't want that (laughs) i was like all right i'll eat it. it's cool you know i'll see you have a nice night so if you get bothered by somebody not being interested in what you're trying to give, you know that you're only actually in service to your own ego and you're actually just coming from a codependent space, okay? And you're just trying to make your, you know, you're just coming from an ego space, that's it. So what I advocate for is in your friendships, to come bring it back full circle, in your friendships, if somebody is looking for help that is very different right so what this woman was talking about like well black women need help and we want help so what do you mean don't help black women like that you know and I I heard what she was saying it wasn't what the video was talking about but I could see that it you know it hurt in a way to hear that because she wanted help or she wanted black women as a whole to get help and that is valid and real And so there's a difference between saying, you know, let's say I have a bunch of black girlfriends. Let's say one of my black girlfriends is talking to me and she's telling me about this guy she's dating and something happened and she's making a decision about something and I'm not comfortable with the decision, but that's her own life. You know, I wouldn't make that same choice, but that's her own decision and I'm totally fine with it and I honor it and I hold her hand through it and I love her through it and I say, you know i hold your hand through it. You do what you got to do. I love you. I love you still. There, you know, nothing could take you out of my love. I love you. Make your choices. Make your decisions. You know, go on your own journey in life. That's your own, right? Versus, let's say, if my black girlfriend said to me, hey, I need help. I need you to help me right now. Like, I need this. I need that. Whatever. That's totally different, right? So what the video was advocating for and what I'm advocating for is when your friend's are making their own decisions and they're not asking for your help they're not asking for you to serve them they're not asking you know the the best way that you could serve them is to hold their hand through it to do that you know but if there's other instances i one of my long-term friendships there was a time when she needed a place to go and she was in an, a, an abusive situation she needed a place to go and she came and stayed with me you know and stayed at my house and that was a, an instance where it's like. She needed help. She needed my I, she didn't just want me to hold her hand through the fire. She's like, yo, I need help. like I'm I need I don't know what else to do. I need help. like I'm really in a bad spot and I'm like, come on, come here, you know, come with me. I love you, come. you know, so that isn't you know it there's nuance here where it's not just no, you know, you're on your own path. Of course, serve your friends or help your friends if they need help and if they're asking for your help or whatnot. But don't don't offer your two cents or at least in my opinion, how my friendships work and what I'm comfortable with. Don't try to hold your friends accountable or check them or give them your two cents if that's not what they're looking for. Because most of my friends, you know, I don't I'm not friends with people that are, you know, really running in in circles or in, in trauma cycles or whatnot, because that just doesn't work with me, you know? And so my friends, they're making their choices. Sometimes they're not empowering. Sometimes they're disempowered and that's totally fine. And I walk with them through that and I love them through that. And I think that that's important. So, so I hope that, that this is a, you know, a clarification and a, you know, some, you know, just something an offering for you guys for, some insight for the way that you can interact in your friendships. And, and yeah, so I love you guys and I hope this was helpful. And if you would like to do my coaching program, I will add the link in the description. It might be sold out when you're listening to this. So, uh, maybe I'll make a little note once it gets sold out that, you know, it's no longer available, but for right now it is. And, yeah, And also the review, if you would like to leave a review and enter into the giveaway, you can leave a review below and then you can enter into the giveaway by sending me a screenshot. So yeah, hopefully you don't hear my dog snoring lavender. He's been in the background snoring the whole time on my bed. He's so cute. but But yeah, all right guys, I love you guys so much. I will be writing my book for you guys every day. I'm just writing this book and just... In a high vibe over here. (laughs) I just, I'm going to make a podcast on what's real right now for me and just this energetic cleansing and just how good I feel pretty soon. But anyway, I love you guys. Thank you guys for listening to my podcast and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain.